is ought to be, you know, comparatively short. All right, Except we great. can talk forever about anything. That's true. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Tim Wick, Nick Glover, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are talking about In the Heights, Lin-Manuel Miranda's musical that is now a major motion picture. Ooh. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Oh, welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Nick Glover. Hey! And Molly Glover. Ah, uh, Molly Glover here. <laughs> I always fuck it up. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. I turn into Mario <laughs> yeah. every time. Everyone's it's a me, it's like, a Molly. It's a... <laughs> Jesus. And that has nothing to do with what we're talking Born about. Giorno. <laughs> oh, Giorno. So it's Molly. Nothing to do with what we're talking about today. We are enjoying our together time once again. This is uh, still awfully exciting. It really is. Uh, to be in the same room together. I cleaned the whole house because I was so excited you were coming oh over. Oh, my God. <laughs> now I'm going to have to do that next time. Shit. Okay. No. <laughs> so uh, maybe I should just clean the one room. But anyway, um, we are here to talk today about In the Heights. In the Heights. In the Heights. So, um, uh, I mean, I guess I should warn you that we're going to spoil the shit out of it. But, yes. Yeah. But I feel like that's not a really big... Yeah, there's plot. It's a musical, and there's not really like twists and I don't know. I I didn't know I didn't know the plot going in, other than uh, you know focuses on Washington Heights. Yeah, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't know the plot going in either, but I've seen movies before, so I figured it out. Yeah, right, us too. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, so I mean, I think the point is that we are going to spoil it, but the act of watching the movie, the first five minutes of the movie, probably will spoil it for you too. Right. Uh, Which is not a criticism of the film itself. I'm just saying that. You know, from a plot perspective, it's it's pretty straightforward. Let's just dive into the spoilers because I will say the one thing that both Nick and I were surprised by was that uh, he wasn't actually on the beach. That he wasn't on the beach. He wasn't in the Dominican Republic. I was almost uh, I don't want to say angry, but uh, (laughs) I will say Nick went oh. Huh? <laughs> you did not sound right. Because, <laughs> like, I I feel like there's a difference between you know, like, a narrative device, and that's also different than having an unreliable narrator. But this yeah. was like, nah, we're just going to lie to you in the frame, and that's fine. It's a part. It's a whole part of the the thing and the art. But I just I didn't. get I get why they did it because they they wanted you to think the whole time that that uh, he had gotten out. That Usnavi had had done the thing he kept saying he was going to do, and he was going to go back to the DR, and he was going to rebuild his father's bar, yeah. and it was going to, and that was going to happen. Because if you knew from the beginning, well, he didn't do that. They're in front of a painted backdrop, you know. Then you would know. Then, then you know the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there was. I mean, I have to. I, I haven't seen the stage play, but I have to presume that. They yeah. they played a similar trick on the audience in the in the stage play. Otherwise. Maybe. What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say that I think uh, there's probably other ways they could have done that that hmm. weren't just um, uh, decepti- deceiving the audience. Well, now I want to know. I want to know, Tim. Like, well, I'm now I'm curious 
Maybe some of our listeners have seen In the Heights and can tell us what do they do in the play? I mean, like, did they did they say like we're here in the Dominican Republic? And everyone went oh, and then later it was like just kidding, we're not. And they went oh, <laughs> you know, like it's because it's a play. So <laughs> well, it's I mean it would be easy enough to do it. You said you create the like the bar set mm. that we see in the movie. And yeah, then, yeah, um, and then later. We you, you and and then you've got the the convenience store set. Sure, sure. And then later you just move that bar yeah. set into the convenience store. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So you know you can you can make it work. Um, Dumb, Dominican. It's, it's yeah, because I mean in the frame he's on the beach. He's not even in the bar that he's going to buy and fix up either. Like right. like it could have been literally fucking anywhere. He could have been on the beach in New York. Yeah. <laughs> like, see, here's yeah. The, the so that was the thing. Yeah. It's like. I picked up on it super quick. I'm like, that doesn't look like a bar anywhere. There's like sure, okay. nobody there but kids. I just assumed you it know? was, I will say, I genuinely, in my mind, was like, oh, it must be early morning. And that's why there's these kids. And they have to, this is what they're doing before they go to school. And so here they are talking to their friend Usnavi, who's getting the bar ready to open. Yeah. But it won't open until 10 a.m. Because that's when you can serve liquor. Yeah. This is all the leaps my brain went through. To my, brain, my brain was just like, there's something fishy here. There ain't <laughs> nobody on that goddamn beach. Well, my, my thought um, was he... Uh, went back, went back to the DR, and uh, the business reopening failed. But he stayed there, and oh. now he is like the um, uh, Paragua, the the guy yeah, that uh, the guy who sells Paraguas. That um, yeah. he's the Lin Manuel Miranda. Lin Miranda, just just waiting for George Washington's <laughs> truck to break down. Yeah, you yeah. start out the Usnavi, you end up the Paragua guy. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um. S- <laughs> so anyway, spoiler, he's not in the Dominican he's not, Republic. He's not, but it's uh, okay, because you know where he is? Washington Heights. Washington it's the Heights. best place in the world. So uh, did you, because did, it's streaming, it is streaming both on HBO Max and it is uh, in theaters. Yes. Did you stream it or did you go to it in the theater? We streamed it the we, day it opened, the day we, they came out. We've only seen one movie in the theaters since, yes. since things have kind of opened back up and it was uh, Quiet Place 2. Yeah, which we felt was needed a theater experience okay. to really f- be yeah. correct. So, uh, but yes, we we so we streamed it, which was great. Uh, we but we treated it like a theater experience in that we didn't pause it. We, sure. we just watched the whole straight the whole way through yeah. because I didn't want to lose the musical. I love musicals, and I didn't want to lose that momentum. I mean, uh, you could have paused it where the the intermission is. I don't know where it is for no, sure, I but either. I love guessing. I love sure guessing. It's after Abuela dies. That's what I think. I thought, yeah, it was either after Abuela dies or there's there's a big number that uh, is very classic LMM where it it uh, folds. It's also very classic. Oh Andrew yeah, the ninety six thousand folds all the different like musical lines from yeah. before. Yeah. But I will say, when I first listened to Hamilton, I thought I knew where the act break was and I was wrong and I was very surprised. So so you could have done that and that mm-hmm. would have been okay. Uh, we watched it in the theater, so that was weird just because it was for was us the first, first time oh, we've been yeah. in, the, in the theater since last year. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to watch it again on HBO Max because then I can have subtitles. And oh, yeah. I will know what they're actually saying. Because yeah. it's Lin Manuel Miranda, and there's a lot of it where I was like, "Okay, I think, I think I have a basic idea of what they're saying here," but they're saying it awfully fast. And uh, yeah, well, he's and his his lyrics are so 
tight and clever and verbose. I, and they he does this amazing. I can only describe it as like an inside out thing, where like it's some of my favorite rap does that, where the the bars uh, both rhyme and syncopate in on the ends, but also on the insides, and so it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, he's got. He doesn't rhyme just in the in the end. He rhymes in the middle. And yeah, sort of yeah, yeah. Like uh, uh, MF Doom. Yes. Yeah. So uh, all that go all that going. So Was it a what, full theater? Where? Yeah, yeah, pfft, no. Yeah. We watched it on a Monday night. Oh sure. Um, it's like we watched. We walked up to the to the counter, and the and the guys like, uh, we're like we want to watch In the Heights, and it's supposed to start in like. Five minutes, right? Yeah. You know, well, the trailers are going to start in five minutes. The movie's going to start in an hour and a half. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we're like, we want to watch In the Heights, and the guy's like, I'm I'm looking at this, and he says, I I think it's sold out, and I look into the theater, and there's nobody standing in line for popcorn. Yeah. There's nobody in the lobby. I'm like. It's not sold out. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> All the seats are the same color on my screen. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's, no one's that's, there. That's empty, not yeah. full. Yeah. Yeah, there were about uh, ten people in the in the theater. I don't know. Something okay. Like that. So um, Were there were there trailers? Oh yeah. Okay, there, because there. we went and saw a movie at B and B, the new Mall of America Theater. Yeah. No trailers. Well maybe that's a feature. I'm wondering if it is. I yeah. wasn't sure if this was some new coronavirus thing <laughs> that they were doing where they didn't want people to be in the theater longer, they, so they sure they do say like Arrive a half hour early. Okay, that's probably why. Because uh, uh, I was like, I'll go to the bathroom during the trailers, and then uh, John Krasinski was like, "Thank you for joining me for this movie." And I'm like, "Uh oh, I better go to the bathroom quick." Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, there's the thank you for joining us for the movie, right? Yeah, right. Now, otherwise, otherwise, you're screwed. It would have been yeah. bad. But um, all right, cool. So it was did did. So there was like ten people in the theater. Yeah, ten people in the theater and us, and uh, yeah, it, I I enjoyed the movie. I I have not seen In the Heights, nor have I listened Mm-mm. to In the Heights before. I hadn't either. Before I went to see it, I think um, the the thing about modern musicals compared to like classic musicals is classic musicals just embrace the fact they're a fucking musical, right? Mm-hmm. A, a movie musical is. People breaking out into song in the middle of the street and dancing to the song, and mm-hmm. it's not supposed to make sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a fucking musical. Modern musicals have this tendency to come up with a with an excuse mm. for why they're a musical to try right. and make make modern audiences mm-hmm. turn off that that uh, that part of them that just doesn't believe in this sort of thing. Right? In the Heights doesn't do that. In the Heights is just like it's a fucking musical. We're gonna we're and and I mean the only thing they do, which I think is good, is just. In his opening speech, he talks about how Washington Heights has a has a rhythm, mm-hmm. has a music to it, and so he <laughs> so he establishes that music is part of this environment. Yes, um, yes, which I thought was was smart because then it it means the rest of you just go whatever. Music's a, a thing. Yes, he's really good. So I I would I know that there's a really fine line between what gets classified as being technically like an opera and what's a musical in terms of how much dialogue there is that's mm. not uh, like speaking or versus sung and I think Hamilton is close to opera in the sense that there is very little spoken dialogue that isn't uh, in the, like because I, I was you know obsessed with the soundtrack and I knew pretty much the whole show there was only one part and it's when uh, uh, his uh, uh, one of his friends dies uh, at the beginning, right, and and that's yeah. the only part that isn't in the soundtrack. But in the Heights had a lot of spoken yeah. dialogue that had nothing to do with the music and really felt more like a a musical. In that it does, sense. it does yeah. feel more like a musical. And again, 
having not seen the stage play, I don't know if that's if that's the case or not. Yeah, it probably it probably is. Just just going by you know, uh, Les Misérables is an example where mm-hmm. nothing is spoken in mm. Les Misérables. Maybe maybe two or three lines yeah. in the entire yeah. musical, and the movie was the same way. So. Yeah. Whereas Rent was an abortion of a movie that it had was. very little to do with the musical, as far as I could uh, tell. I mean, it was was really terrible. It had all the same actors. Yeah, um, there is that. They, yes, uh, they, they all knew their parts. Uh, but frankly, Les Misérables is an abortion of a movie too. But, but I, I, um, well. I, I don't I, I don't want to dwell on on movies that I hate. Let's talk yeah, about In the Heights. Let's talk about In the Heights. So In the Heights. There's a lot of characters in here. So, yes. what's your favorite character in 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 the Heights? My my favorite character is is actually like I'm a cheat and say it's a group of characters. Mm. It's the the uh, three women that work in the salon. The together. hairdresser ladies the that are that are like an inseparable trio that are they're always in the same scenes. They're like together. the three fates. They're always yes, very <laughs> much a little bit. Um, and one of which is uh, Stephanie Beatriz, and the other is the. Actor whose name I can't remember who was in Orange is the New Black. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I enjoyed them. I think their songs and their parts were some of my favorite parts. Stephanie Beatriz was amazing, and uh, I I I love her on Brooklyn Nine Nine, and she is like as a person, she is like a bisexual icon. Yeah, and and she uh, her character in Brooklyn Nine Nine, she was like, I want my character to be bi, and I want it to be a plot line because it's important. And so seeing her in this movie was so great because it was very opposite of how I've ever seen what her a, before. What a one eighty. What like, a Totally different. Girly character. with a little high, with a high pitched voice, and yeah. In in nine nine, she is like uh, emotionally stonewalled, always wearing a black leather jacket, lots of vocal fry, monotone. Yeah, it's a yeah. yeah, yeah, very but different. Character. She's the one that had the like, uh, like my mother's from here, my father's from here, but I like to say I'm from Queens. <laughs> like, yes. <you> know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a good. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I like that. I like their. Uh, they're like their their beauty salon song was pretty that's awesome. My, that's also my favorite song in the okay. show. I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I uh, I so I really I'm gonna say Usnavi. I really liked Usnavi. I thought he had a lot of. I thought he did a really good job. Uh, the character has a lot of heart, uh, and also a lot of realism, which I thought was good. Like he, it seems like at first you're like, wow, you're gonna go to the DR and rebuild your father's bar. That's a pipe dream. And it's like, no, no, no. like I've got the money. Like we got the, we got the backing from the bank. I got the deposit. And then you see the, when he sees the, the photos of the destruction after the hurricane and it's like, what's, what's that? And it's like, oh, that's the roof. And it's like, that's on the ground. It's like, (laughs) oh yes. You know, like, oh, it was destroyed. You know, like, but, but he still is like, I can work with this. I can work with this. And so it just, it, it feels like he, he really, he both believes he's a conflict, a conflicted character. How much of him being your favorite is Anthony Ramos? I thought Anthony Ramos is, did perfection. I honestly think he did a better job than I could picture Lin, Lin-Manuel Miranda in the role, honestly. Which is what Lin-Manuel Miranda Which is what Lin-Manuel, yes, he has said that himself. But I, I honestly, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to separate because I don't okay. have anyone, anyone else who's ever played the character. Sure. Yeah. But he, I thought he was, uh, he has a, he's very charming. He, yeah. he had some really good, but like I was gonna say the three beauty salon ladies. So Nick, Nick technically uh, took my answer. I, uh, but, I steal everyone's But I just pivoted. All the time. I pivoted. Yeah, you steal people's answer. It's because he time. he's a populist. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tim, what about you? Uh, I, my favorite character, I think, was Benny. 
Uh, oh yeah, because just the first time, the first time he's introduced, he's coming into the convenience store and he's just he's happy and and singing and 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 just having a great time. And when when it's like it's his day to be a, be the dispatcher. He is just excited as yep. fuck about being a dispatcher. Yeah. Um, the way he uh, supports his girlfriend is mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. It's like he's not the guy that sits there going, "No, no, you should go back to school." He's like, "You do what you got to do." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you why I think maybe you need to think about this a yeah. little bit, but I'm not gonna make this decision for you. And when your dad doesn't support the decision, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to stand by your dad or anything like that. He's just like, nope, yeah. you you fucked it up, Dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I thought Benny was a was a, a great character. He was always uh he was also the character that I assumed if Leslie Odom Jr. had been in right? in the Heights, yeah. that was the character that <laughs> no he doubt. played. No uh, yeah. He, his, the character that plays uh, his boss, his girlfriend's father, uh, Jimmy um, Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim that dude has been look what'd you say, Molly? He's looked the same age for forty years. Oh yeah. Like he's <laughs> I looked I don't think he's aged a day no, since I saw him. I mean, he was on LA Law. That's what I really yeah, he felt. Was. And he I'm sure if I saw pictures I'd be like, Oh well yeah, he looks younger. But to my mind it's he slow. looks the same. It's because yeah. he's aged so slowly and gradually. Yeah. They, they just they just put some gray in his hair. Other than that he's the same guy. Right. Uh, uh I will say too, uh I'm just Pulling up the the character Nina is the character you're talking about. It was Benny's Benny's uh, girlfriend, yeah. the one who comes back from from college. Uh, she, her, they did some really cool subtle stuff with her. Maybe it wasn't oh, subtle, but yeah. like when she came home, her hair was straightened. Uh, and like flat iron straightened because she'd been at Stanford and she was trying to fit in with the white kids. Yeah. And then like once she was home and she she had her natural curl back and uh, the first thing she does when she goes home is she goes to the salon. She goes to the salon and they and, and they, they make her hair curly. They, they style her hair curly. Right. It's like a return to yes. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool like really good semiotics of just this like little this little thing of like she's home so she can be herself now and herself has curly hair you know like but but I thought that. I really she's and I, nails and I, yeah, like, yeah yeah the way she dresses is and the way she too. dressed was very different yeah she wasn't dressing like as preppy it was more of a like like she's home and she right. can relax yeah yeah she can be the person she couldn't be mm-hmm. when she's at Stanford and that's one of the reasons she doesn't want to go back um, which which you know they layered it nicely because the cliche of the the kid who goes off to college and everybody says, "Oh, you're getting out. You're going to be the big thing. You're you're our hope. You're the and first. They're, and they're coming home and they're a failure. And it's like she's not coming home a failure. Mm-hmm. She's coming home having just dealt with, I for lack of a better term, the outside world where you know they they don't accept her for who she is. Yeah. It, uh, so often we get stories where, you know, the 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 win or the end is, uh, oh, the character gets to go to college and they're the first like person of color in their family and to go to college fine. and everything's fine because they they did it they made it she they get to go to college yeah. but like obviously that isn't the end of the story yeah. you know realistically that's I, I really liked that actually because yes. it's like yeah it's not that easy you don't just win because you got to go there 
all of a sudden you have you've changed for a huge different set of problems. Well, and I like that her her problem wasn't that like oh I'm actually not smart enough or like actually it's harder than I thought it would be. That the problem is is cultural and social that she went to that she doesn't feel like she fits in because there's so many white kids and that also she went to that you know she went to that uh, event where the dean was like trying to bring multicultural students together and someone handed her a tray yeah. and tried to take her and tried to like get give her, her their order and, it and was she just got like, searched and she because got searched because the first thing everybody assumes that she stole something the, yep a necklace went missing but well the first they're like and someone handed me a tray and everyone's like yeah. oh my god no and you're like that's really bad and then later she's like but that isn't really the the main like the worst thing was Day one, my roommate yeah. misplaced your neck. Like, so it wasn't like, oh, there was one little mishap with an old white person. Nope, it was like every day it was more, you yeah. know, like just a death by a thousand Yeah, you cuts. just get the feeling that it's like constant. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, song. What's your favorite song? Mm. It's uh, that uh, Tell Me Something I Don't Know. Yeah, I know you already scared. Uh, yeah. It's, Talk it's, about why you liked it, though. Um, it, um, it reminded me of other songs I've liked in musicals and and so uh and and unfortunately like all my examples are white as fuck but um like pick a little talk a little oh uh, sure sure and it reminded me of oh shit what was the other one i just had it in my mind um uh from greece uh tell me more tell me more oh summer summer oh yeah uh summer nights summer nights yeah like it there's this there's this you know a big group of people all talking to like one person, or all being like, "Ooh, give me gossip, give me something." You're like talking I, about no Mediga, right? I, yes. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, and plus everyone was super fun in that. It was very, it was a very funny scene, um, a very funny song. Yeah, and and also it featured the three characters that I just happened to to find the most entertaining as well. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like I oh, oh the mannequin heads, Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh yeah, the, the, mannequin, the, yeah. the, the, the mannequin heads that were like fucking say what like at a part yeah. a couple parts and yeah. like moving back and forth. I thought that was that could have been so cheesy and hokey, but I really thought it was used to great effect. Uh, I th- I think my favorite song is the eponymous in the heights. I think that opening song heights. is so strong, mm-hmm. and the the choreography for this movie, and I, I'm assuming it's very similar to the stage show, just because Lin Manuel Miranda usually has a, a choreography in mind, or he works the choreographer. I know that's how it was with um, Hamilton, anyway. Like it's it's all very similar, but I thought that choreography was fucking tight it was sharp it was it was so good like i i i loved watch i love anytime there's a dance number with like 50 people doing the same dance i am just like amazed and love it so uh, and i'll give i'll give you more credit to that because it was it was you know it was probably closer to 100 people of all yeah. different body shapes all different yeah. body types well, um, all different colors. Well, I will uh, say that we should this we should we can get into it more later. But there is a lot of controversy about how there weren't a lot of dark skinned people in this movie, hmm. even though there are black Afro Latinos, uh, especially in the Dominican Republic and especially in Washington Heights, who have dark skin. And there wasn't anybody with really dark skin in this movie. Not, not a lot of characters. Yeah, no. not not a lot of characters. Um, not even in the background. Is is in the Heights or was it the reprise of In the Heights where they have the people? In the water, 
dancing. In the water is, oh, uh, the, is the 96,000. That's the 96,000. Oh, which is also yeah. a very good... Yeah. That's, that's yeah. also Yeah, really I mean, good. I really Is that your favorite, Tim, or what's your favorite? No, I, I, it was the Fiesta number, or the, the Carnival number. Oh, yeah. Um, which, you know, again, the, the beauty salon uh, characters are the ones that instigate that, but... I, I mean, I gravitate to the big dance numbers. The mm-hmm. dance, the dance stuff was really well done. Oh, Again, God. they yep. had a lot In of the- different. They had a lot of different body types. I understand mm-hmm. the criticism about color, but yes. there were tons of different colored. Yes, people. Uh, Represented in all of those dance numbers, all sorts of different body types, which I thought was really cool because it felt more realistic. It felt like a real place mm-hmm. uh, compared to you know a bunch of skinny Hollywood right. dance yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and so that that was something that I thought was really, really nicely done. And I love a good dance number in a musical. I think oh it my really God, can, yes. it really can make it feel like a musical and they film them well because the, yeah. the thing about most dance numbers in, in musicals, especially in modern day is they cut the camera all the time. So you mm-hmm. can't see the choreo- choreography, but they managed to maintain the camera, do some sweeps, do some other stuff. I mean, they did cuts, but they did cuts that let you follow the movement rather yeah. than, rather than working against the movement. So um, I enjoyed that. That piece, also the music, was just was just banging. It's just also um, great. I'd forgotten about the pool. I'd forgotten about the water and the pool stuff in '96 thousand. That's so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gosh, yeah. I I need to listen to the soundtrack again because I, I hadn't heard it before we watched it, and we haven't you know watched it a second time. Right. So I, I'd watch it again with the subs on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the question of of color. Yeah. And, uh, the fact that you know uh, there are a lot of Dominican Republican characters, Cuban mm-hmm. is pretty common. Both both countries have a, a decent mix of Latino and and, and black uh, yeah. population. They they talk a lot. So they they did a good job with uh when they the song where they're talking about all the different all the different nationalities that are represented in Washington Heights. Like there are a lot of different people of different uh national backgrounds right lots they did they had a lot of actors from different national backgrounds or heritage um but but the one the thing that if you and i'm sure if anyone's been reading in the news lately there's been a lot of criticism mostly from afro latino afro afro latinx i guess is the way to say it uh people who are like i feel like nobody like everyone is very whitewashed and it's a problem with um latinx people in hollywood movies where they have lighter skin it's always the like it's always the the people who could almost pass for white is what is what i saw the the critique of i didn't notice it but i'm a white girl so you know that's the thing even even you know black cast characters often get cast more frequently if they have lighter skin it's something they talked about with um Lovecraft Country, yes, and and uh, and the the woman who's the lead in that, and uh, they talk about it in the podcast about the show where they're mm-hmm. like, we had some conflicts about casting her because of these reasons, yep. and like you know, is yeah. And I will say, like one of the problems is you you once that criticism comes, the, the you kind of end up digging yourself in a hole because the cast were like. Well, lots of people auditioned who were Afro Latinx, and and they just you know they just didn't get cast, and it's like, well, why? What's what we're saying? Why do you think they didn't get cast? You know, and so it's, and and Lin Manuel Miranda himself has just said like, look, I'm I'm really sorry, I I didn't 
I, I swear I didn't like do it on purpose, but we all have implicit biases, I guess. And who knows? But like, it it's very tricky. It's a very tricky thing. Yeah, I mean, I think about things like uh, Miranda is Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. um, and in general, I think in Puerto Rico there's they're lighter skin. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe that that's a bias that yeah that's just there. Um, you know, and, and to me, I was like, this is great. This is a movie in which there's basically no white people. Right. Um, right. And, and I didn't think I about that there the antagonist, any. the guy who's buying up the neighborhood. Oh yeah. The antagonist is the, or, the organic, the organic dry cleaner guy. Who's the, the white guy that's buying and all $20 the, a piece. Or yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. 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 $8 that's, a shirt. And, yeah. the, and the two lost white people at the beginning. And, oh yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Yes. But I mean, right. that's, that's it, right? There's, there's hardly any white people in the movie. Um, there's no, I'll white grant character. the two no named white people. Yeah. yeah. The two lead ingenues, both are very light skinned. Yes. Um, so I can see that criticism there, but at the same time, you know, uh, Devin, when we were saying we we're going to go out to see the movie, he said, "Well, I, you know, I heard that that it's not it's not as good as Hamilton." I'm <laughs> like, "That it's not as pop- popular as Hamilton." I'm like, "Well, sure, it's not as popular as Hamilton. Hamilton's about the founding fathers of America, right? And uh, in the Heights is about brown people." Right. Um, so of course it's not as popular from a poor neighborhood. Uh, yeah, from a not poor just brown people, but brown people yeah. from a poor neighborhood in New York. That is, yeah. And, and, and to me, there was a there was a lot. There's a lot of love. That it is a way more personal show. Yes. For Lin Manuel Miranda, because this is where he's from, and the show is interesting in that it, it's kind of all over the place. The narrative follows a lot of different people going through a lot of different things, and it's really about Washington Heights. How it's changing, how it's staying the same. Mm-hmm. These different, these different groups of people uh, who all come together to create this community that he mm-hmm. cares about. Um, and yes, there are these stories that that are in there. But I mean, the Usnavi Vanessa storyline, right, which is theoretically our our, our through line, yeah. isn't what it's about because. Right. No. Basically, you know, there's the they go out dancing and he totally borks that date. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then, uh, too and then, drunk. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, then then later she's like she wants him to stay and then he stays and I don't know what happened to his down payment, but we don't care anyway. It doesn't. Yeah, matter. I guess it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Well, it's fine compared to winning, you know, ninety six thousand or whatever. Who cares about his dollar? Oh, yeah. yeah, but he gave he gave up the ninety six thousand. Yeah, yeah, he gave it to the yeah. kid to make sure. So there was that is something that I thought was a cool storyline is this idea of the dreamers, yeah, uh, the kids who were born here to illegal immigrant. I hate that word, but to you know non legal immigrant parents who don't have legal status themselves, and the way that kid figured found it out was by walking past a march where it was like and then my daughter couldn't get into college and he's like wait she couldn't get into college and it's like nah she you have to have a you have to you know have legal citizen status to get into college it's like oh the problem like, about that is if you're born here you do have legal status like if you're born here you're a citizen that's it depends the there's yeah. a lot yeah, that's no, not, not not automatically not automatically that's really not that, automatically that, that is originally the yes. deal no 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 Dreamers, and, and again, we are probably the wrong people to say this, but I believe dreamers are people who were brought into the country when they were infants. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So right. he but also, talks like, about, prove he talks you were about, born here. 
if you were born at home. Yeah. Right. Prove you were born here. Yeah. If you if you were not born in a hospital, or if your parents were afraid to take you to a hospital yeah. because they were afraid if they got found out they would right. get sent home. Right? He like, talks about home, being but, in diapers yeah. on the plane. That's right. true. That's so, yeah, true. That's... When he entered the country, he. W- because of when he entered the country, he would be considered undocumented. Right. And the Dream Act the is specifically about those kids. But undoc- yeah, and undocumented can happen to people who are, you know, to anyone really. I mean, it yeah. can happen really easily if you if you lose your passport. <laughs> I mean, like, there's all kinds of things that can happen. Yeah, I, I like that they addressed that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm obviously that was in the original show, but I really I'm glad that that was uh, a, a, a main a main plot point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. I think this musical that, uh, and, and it hasn't done great in the theaters, which is hmm. unfortunate, but not much is doing great in the is theaters. It, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. I can't imagine anything, honestly, like... Until Black Widow, nothing's going to do well. I don't even know if Black Widow will, because yeah. it's going to be available streaming on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's hard to tell whether, whether streaming has made sure, a but like, or not. Sure, but like, for money, if, if it was cost us the same to go <clears throat> see Black Widow in the theater as it would to stay home, and we really just weren't feeling yeah. comfortable to go to the theater like i could see why it, it would do yeah you, do you think would you have gone to see in the heights in the theater if it wasn't streaming i think we would have waited i think we probably would have waited but maybe because we're comfortable going to see movies now and i have really really wanted to see it i've been really excited for it for about the last six months so uh maybe that was so you know, when we went and saw A Quiet Place Two, that was very much a, a test. It was very experimental. Like I don't know, I don't know, Molly. We didn't talk about it too much, but I was prepared to be like, "Oh, actually, fuck this. We're out." Like if things were really bad or unsafe mm. or whatever, um, just get our money back and, and leave. But um, now that I feel know that I feel probably, probably pretty comfortable in the theater, I'd be maybe more willing to see it in the theater. But we already saw it, yeah. so I don't really care. Yeah, my thing with. Right now, the way I feel is until, until the 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 scientists, uh, for lack of a better word, say that vaccinated people need to be more cautious and are not protected against things like the Delta variant, uh, then I will be more concerned. But for now, I'm living my life pretty unconcerned about the coronavirus right now. We don't have kids. I don't really see kids. Yeah. Uh, I work from home. I everybody I know is vaccinated. Everybody and, I hang out with is vaccinated. And I have kids, but they are over sixteen, and we managed to get them vaccinated comparatively early. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's like for me, I I am way less hesitant about stuff than Nick is, in the sense that I just am like, at this point, they're saying it's fine, and I feel like that's because when when they were saying it wasn't fine, we were the ones saying, listen, they're saying it's not fine. And people were like, oh, who cares? They're blowing it out of proportion. And so I think I got to kind of back that up, right? But, yeah. right. but in I, terms, yeah. I think it's okay to be more cautious sure. than it is to be, you know, better, oh. be, more cautious than less. There's no right or wrong way to do this. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah. And so, well, think, there's a wrong way. There's a wrong yeah, way. Well, yes. Yeah, I think we can but all agree. There's on no that. right or wrong way to behave once you're vaccinated. Fair How's enough. that? Yeah, whatever and, and you uh, don't go around licking bus seats. Probably still yeah, not. Yeah, you but shouldn't you know have done that before. Shouldn't you have been were doing vaccinated. that before. I mean, come on. All right. So uh, anyway, in the heights uh, yeah. is in theaters right now. Mm-hmm. It is. I think. I, I think it's a lot of fun. What it. What it is is um, really coming out of the pandemic, and even during the pandemic, 
I could not watch drama for shit. I, mm. just, I just, I did not give a shit about depressing stuff. Sure. It's like, life was, life was down enough that mm-hmm. I, you know, like when the Oscar nominations came out and it was all this serious, serious, mm-hmm. you know, Oscar bait movie, I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to see any of them. I just not interested. Um, and, uh, and it's different for different people, but if that's where you're at, in the Heights is a really it's it's a positive film. It's, it's not, joyful. It's not all positive, but it is about a bunch of people who are who are dealt a bad hand, who were dealt a bad hand, and who are finding ways to make the best of that hand. The, yeah. Um, the music is mostly upbeat. the The costumes and the sets are very bright and very colorful. Yeah, I would say if you're a fan of Hamilton in that or Moana, if you like the way uh, Lin Manuel Miranda writes music and writes lyrics, then you will love this movie. Uh, and I think that there were there were there were through lines. There were even like there were even phrases that I was like, "Huh, that's in Hamilton," or something yeah. very similar to that yeah. is in Hamilton. I can hear where this yes. is. This is a this is a rhythm. This is a, a the way you know, like for example, uh, Beastie Boys like to go to the break of dawn. You know, like it's and it's it's in a lot of their songs, right? It's not necessarily repetitive, but they have a lot of things where they rhyme. You know, certain schemes, right? It's similar to that. And so, yeah. if you like Lin Manuel Miranda's stuff at all. You'll love in that. There's also, uh, I mean, voice stuff that he does. You know, Vanessa's character, it's like you could hear in her voice uh, Philippa Sue mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Hamilton. It's like you can tell that he's he writes yeah. these roles for a, for a type of vocal performance. Um, yeah. And, and it really works. Yeah. Anyway, we got to move on to five questions. Five we gotta, questions. We got to do that. So sorry if we spoiled in the heights for you, but we really, we, we really did you. not. We did not. It's not like there's twists and turns. Yeah. All right. Josh Helton has sent us five questions. Josh Helton. Thank you for your five questions, Josh. He's been a longtime listener since the single digit episodes. Wow. That's like episode four. But he stopped in 2019 because he had a bad bout with depression. Uh, I think we can all understand that. Uh, He's back listening again. And so uh, he's he's, uh, he's asking us some good questions. Are we ready? Ready. All right. Question one. What is one hobby you thought you would enjoy, but you discovered wasn't for you? And I'm going to read. He, he answered the question. So I'm going to okay. read his answers while you think. I went overboard a few years ago and bought a bunch of inks and art materials to make washes for my miniature painting, but soon discovered I had no interest in mixing my own washes. It's things like this that make me not consider myself an artist in any sense, even though I paint. So what's mm. a hobby you thought you would enjoy, but you discovered it wasn't for you? Boy. It's tricky because I dabble in a lot of hobbies as like a, I don't know, maybe it's an attention thing, but I come back to stuff a lot of times. There's not a lot that I pick up and I'm like, not this, but hmm. let me think about it. I mean, I can say that, that uh, gardening. Sure. Boy, I mean, my dad was a gardener. He liked it. I thought that it would be something that I got into, move out of house. I, boy, I just hate it. I just, <laughs> yeah. I hate it bad. Uh, um, so, sewing my own clothes. I have a sewing machine. I was very excited to get it as a present, I want to say, five years ago. I think I've used it three times and really for basic shit like hemming a skirt. Yeah. You know, like really basic stuff. Um, I, I had this image of myself getting patterns and putting them together and I, I have attempted to look at patterns and realize my brain does not work that way and I, I am very 
very not good at it, and so I thought I would be really, really all about it, and the more I try, the, the less I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Leatherworking. Oh, oh, yeah, you did yeah. try that for a while. Yeah, and I, and I can do some basic repair, and I can make some basic stuff, but like as far as that being a hobby goes, I don't really care for it. Yep. Okay. All right. Question two. What three characters do you identify with the most? No explanation necessary. Oh, my God. Why does it have to be three? Josh says Abed from Community, Roy from the IT crowd, and Dante Hicks from Clerks. I would say Sheldon Cooper if I was being honest, but I hate the Big Bang Theory because I don't like being the punchline. Preach. All right. All right. That's fair. Uh, okay. I got two. All I right. Haven't, I haven't All got right. the third one yet. Three is is, is my... I'm working uh, on a third right Okay. Now. So uh, I would say... Hermione Granger. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, Star Butterfly from Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, I also would say... I'm going to say I'm gonna say Abed from Community as well, just because of the, the, the weird quirks. There's characters from books I identify with, but I don't think anyone knows them because I don't think anyone read Every Mountain Made Low. But yeah, Loxley good. Fiddleback from Every Mountain Made Low if I had to go with, with someone that no one's heard of. But yeah, I can see Abed in you for sure. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, it's the, it's the weird me. jokes and the, the awkwardness and the autism. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got your three? I've still got two. Um, we can just do two if you can't uh, think yeah, of the third. I mean, And it's like... There, there are very specific things about these characters that that I, I that, that I identify with. Yeah, it's like I don't identify with Spider Man, but I really do identify with Peter Parker. Sure, Peter um, Parker's a good answer. And uh, I always talk about one of the reasons I really love Raiders of the Lost Ark is because Indiana Jones is a nerd who mm. also goes and swings swings from whips and shit. Sure, sure. And and just that that idea that he's a nerd that goes out and mm-hmm. and lives his nerdness. Yeah. Um is is kind of cool and I and I identify that. And those are the two I would that say Kermit the Frog for you. That's yeah. what I always think of with you. Because he's gonna, a showrunner who who yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I was actually. It, I oddly enough, I was trying to think of somebody that wasn't a dude, which is sure, where I was getting sure. stuck. It's like just because you know, stereotypical. But it's okay dudes. if you identify with men yeah. as a man. That is yeah. not a weird thing. But you know? Kermit, like, Kermit the Frog is. You know, I have a lot of experience with running shit and also going. I don't know what the fuck all these other crazies are going to do, and hopefully, it's not going to turn out bad. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, so yeah, Kermit all is right. a good answer. I, I've got mine. All right. What all right. are they? All right. So. From the Drew Carey show, Drew Carey. Okay. The All fictionalized right. version yep, of the yep, character. Sure. Uh, Chewbacca. Okay. And uh, Jean Tannen from the Lies of Locke Lamora Gentleman mm, Bastard series. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Molly's the person you owe your life debt to? Yeah. She's, yeah. she's the Han. I am the Han to his Chewie. That's very true. That makes sense. That's very true. It does make I, sense. I would have said Han Solo, but I'm not cool enough to act. Like, I love Han Solo, but I don't identify with right. him because he's way cooler than me. That's, yeah. If you took well, Han, I mean, that's the same thing about fucking Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones, right? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. If you took Han and Chewie and then, like, dissected them down to their attributes and then distributed them in a different way, you might get Molly and me. Yeah, I mm. think so. All right, question three. Speaking of the Big Bang Theory, what is a universally loved series or franchise that you can't stand? Uh, he, then he goes on, I know I would appreciate the geek elements of that show, and on paper it checks all the boxes and should be the ideal show for me. I get tired of being the butt of the joke. Maybe I'll give it another shot. Uh, honestly, the Big Bang Theory is one of the what I probably would have said, 
had you not already said it, just to back you up on that, you're not you're not wrong. It, you are the butt of the joke, and it sucks. I don't like it either. But I'm gonna have another answer for you in a minute. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm a, oh boy, there's a couple shows to choose from that kind of fit this mold for the same reasons for yeah. me. But I will say uh, Babylon Five. Mm. It's written by someone I absolutely adore. JMS uh, mm-hmm. uh, Straczynski, who wrote uh, one of the legendary Spider-Man comic book runs. Uh, it's often compared to my favorite Star Trek, DS9. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like Farscape and Lex also fit into this category <laughs> of like not Star Trek shows that came out around the same time period when Star Trek TNG type you know era was going on. But okay. yeah, yeah, Babylon Five. Just all these nerds are like, you need to watch it, and I've tried, and I do not like it. Sure, yeah. I, I I know I've mentioned it before, uh, but I just I I have never been able to get into Buffy. I they, yeah, I just am not even a little bit interested in it. Every time I've started to watch it, I've been like, nope, not not interested. This is there's nothing about this show that I think sucks except. I don't want to watch any more of it. It's it's so fucking like saturated with Joss Whedon that if you don't like the way he writes all his mm-hmm. dialogue, it is every character. It's like if you don't like Brian Michael Bendis and the way he writes dialogue in comics, you won't like anything he writes because his stink is on everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't get. I just can't get into Supernatural. Oh, I, that's I can't. A good one. I can't get into Supernatural. I I feel like I read the Dresden books, and so I don't need. To watch it and every joke people make from it or talk about everything they talk about with it, I just I'm just like, eh, I don't know. It's just not yeah. for me. Not yeah. for me. What are we on? Question All four. Right, question four. What is your favorite fictional podcast? I've recently binged the Lovecraft investigations and loved it. I have a thing for the fake podcast as a real podcast gimmick. Oh sure. Okay. So, okay. So years ago we had uh, skeptic Rebecca Watson on our podcast as a guest. Yes. And she talked about a podcast that she was doing that was like a podcast roulette, where every episode was a different podcast, like a different fake podcast. And one episode she described to us was called Ghost Photos, (laughs) which was a bunch of paranormal investigators, one, one of which is more skeptical, who are looking at photos of ghosts and describing them and going... Oh, yeah. Yep. That's a ghost. And just like you, the audience, because the podcast don't get to see these photos, but having people describe convincing evidence of ghost photos is hilariously not convincing. And just the concept itself has stuck with me for years. Uh Funny enough, so there's a podcast, uh, it, it is a real podcast, but it's also like a fake podcast, you right. know, like, and it's called The Black Tapes. Yeah. Uh, but Nick and I refer to that podcast as ghost photos, because right. it's a, and that's what I'm, that's my answer, is The Black Tapes. It is a, it is a, a podcast uh, that is like a, it's like a fiction story, but it's a podcast about a woman, NPR style, doing an investigative podcast about this guy and these things he has called the black tapes where he, he is like a James Randi sort of, he's going to, he's offered a million dollars to anybody who can actually prove the supernatural. And the black tapes are the tapes that are like really close to proving it or some, stuff his he X-Files. can't explain. Yeah, his yeah. X-Files. But like, there are moments in that, in that podcast where they'll be like, uh, so I'm watching the footage, you know, and I, I decided I would review the footage. And then they, it'll be like, oh my God, did you see that? 
I did. Go back. Oh my God. And like that's that. Yeah. And, and so it's totally like, did you see that ghost? It is them describing, you know, yeah. them watching video footage it's, of a ghost. And so like. It's a very kind of like Ira Glass style thick yeah. podcast. Yes. Uh. Like, yeah. And so that, yeah, that is, that is my answer. The black tapes. It's good. It's yeah. silly. We, but yeah. I liked it. Yeah. And plus you could advertise Bomba socks. Oh, so much Bomba <laughs> socks. And stamps.com. Oh, stamps.com. Yeah. If you want to mail ghost photos, stamps.com. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I don't have an answer for this because I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. So instead of a fictional podcast, I'm going to plug a fiction podcast oh. that I contribute to called Dead North, uh, which is a, a horror anthology podcast. They did a they're basically doing a series every quarter. They did one on Christmas. So there's a Christmas audio drama that I wrote that's a horror drama. And then uh, there's a spring one which is more of comedy horror, and then they okay. just came out with the Summer Anthology. Nice. And I, I have a kind of comedy horror one that I wrote for the Summer Anthology. So uh, it's each the, the anthologies, the Christmas one, there were 13 different episodes, and they're all separate. Mm. So um, you, can, you can go and look for mine, which is called The Gift Exchange. Um, and that's a pretty long one. It's about an hour long. Nice. Um, and then... Uh, and then uh, the the other two spring and summer are anthologies of four works each so my work is in there they're all like i say they're fiction um they're all horror in some of them are horror comedy some of them are just horror yeah um a lot of really varied work and uh, i recommend it um pretty much everything i've listened to on there is pretty great friends of the show have been on there. Uh, Eric Thompson produced something for Christmas. Nice. Uh, Matt Kesson has been on there a couple of times. So. Duck Washington. Maybe. Duck Washington yep. has produced a piece for it. He's in my latest, mm. uh, my latest piece. So, um, friend of the show Charles Hubble is oh, also yeah. in yeah. my spring and summer offering. So, so anyway, go check that out. It is a good fiction podcast, though not a. Fictional. fictional. All right. It's, it's, all right. It's very real. I say that counts. I say Dead that counts. North Dead is North. the name of it. There you go. All right. Question five. What is one of the changes to the world that you want to see kept in place after the pandemic is over? I do not look forward to going into grocery stores again. Curbside pickup is just so convenient. Mm. Uh, masks when you're sick. Yeah. Honestly. Or even just masks during yeah. cold and flu season. Uh, just masks when you're on an airplane. Masks when you're on the bus. I am very looking forward to, I mean, I'm not changing it and I don't care if anybody, but, it, but like the fact is now I don't have to have people staring at me or acting like I'm an insane person if I want to wear a face mask and I have a wonderful selection of cloth masks I can now wear uh, when I, when it's cold and flu season. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, if I want to, if I'm going to go to the grocery store, at, at cr for Christmas shopping, yeah, right, like or before Thanksgiving when it's going to be insane, right? Like we, I, I will admit that in the winter time, I'd go to walk the dog and I would grab a mask instead of a scarf because it's easier. It was fucking handy. Yeah, you just strap it onto your sure. face is great. Yeah, wait, you don't need wait, like nice. a gator or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. What about you guys? What what's what, so it's a change that you want to see kept in the place? Uh, well, I mean, similar to the similar to the the question. At writer, uh, I love the fact that not curbside pickup, but I can order something like from Noodles and Company. Yeah, and there's just a fucking shelf. 
Yeah. And I pay for it online and I walk yeah. in. I don't have to talk to anybody. I just mm-hmm. got to find the bag with my name on it, walk in, get it and walk out. And yeah. I think that that's something that that kind of pickup system yes is something that's going to that's going to continue well, and uh, I really like it. It's a honestly it's a it's a good way for brick and mortar to compete with online sales because you know, it's more instant, but also you don't have to go shopping. If you want to avoid, if one of the reasons you're not shopping is you just don't like people, mm-hmm. you don't like the experience of mm-hmm. shopping, mm-hmm. like, it's great for that. Um, yep. It's instant gratification. Uh, mine is a little bit more abstract. It is uh, the uh, exception of, and and the, the um, you know, just the mRNA vaccines in general. Mm-hmm. Um, this was kind of the first time that they were used. And I'm looking forward to them, uh, the future of that technology used for every uh, for other diseases. Uh, you can kind of, uh, it's kind of a modular vaccine. You can kind of drag and drop different things into an mRNA, uh, mRNA vaccine and and get a new vaccine mm-hmm. uh, without having to go through the usual, um, you know, vaccination egg process type thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty fucking great. I, Thanks, I, yeah, there's there's people that are like, oh yeah, mRNA vaccines are going to be curing or preventing some types of cancer in the next five years. That's great. Like that's, that's yeah. yeah, it's fucking amazing. I'm also really just as an just as an aside. Uh, I hope that we can that that places will continue to understand that work from home oh, is totally possible yeah. and good for people with disabilities. Shit, I, yeah, that's that's the for best real, answer though, right there. Right? Yeah. All right, it is a really good answer. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your five questions. Josh. Josh, we appreciate it. And, um, <laughs> we have two more sets of five questions it's, in the hopper, and that's it. And we're going to use one in a minute. We are. We're going to record <laughs> another episode. We're going to use it, then we're only going to have one. So please, you are listening to the show. We know that you're out there listening, and you're like, I don't, I don't know how to ask questions anymore. Mm-hmm. And we want to be there to help you by having you ask us questions in a safe, environment where we just answer them yeah we don't we don't sit here and Super judge easy. you for the questions judgment free question zone yeah it's, ju- it's a judgment free question zone. zone you can you can ask us literally what we're wearing on our head on our feet mm-hmm. on our arms and on mm-hmm. our neck mm-hmm. and that's four questions four different questions yeah, right there right there so it's, it's not a big deal send them in also don't forget uh, you can support us on patreon if you get our episodes early to listen to, and uh, if we ever go back to pandemic recording, you can get video. Uh, right now, we aren't recording video because we're all in the same room, and it is the greatest it's thing ever. So nice. We it's did just good. record. A, <laughs> we did just record an exclusive episode for Patreon supporters. We will be doing more of those when we come up with good ideas. Yeah. So if you have an idea, if you're a Patreon supporter and you have an idea for an oh episode, God, please. like hit us up. Yeah. 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 So that's it for this week's episode. In the Heights was a lot of fun. We hope you watch it either on HBO Max or in the theater to let the folks making those movies know that you'd like to see more of them like that. Mm-hmm. We've been Geeks Without God. We're going to be here next week around Tuesday because that's how we do this. <laughs> Bye. 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 If I'm being honest, I actually thought In the Heights was Lynn manuel Miranda's adaptation of Vertigo. Mm. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. Authority, we don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God.
Until next time, you can find us blogging at geekswithoutgod.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God, and you can even like us on Facebook. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Oh shit, you'll pet animals?